Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of Golden Shower of Hits. Today on the podcast, the guys will discuss Walk Among Us, the debut album by The Misfits, released in 1982. Glenn Danzig is the most underrated songwriter of the 20th century. Jamie and I used to listen to The Misfits box set constantly when we worked at The Alternative, and out of 50 songs, I absolutely love 48 of them. Brain Eaters and Rat Fink can eat a dick. Despite Brain Eaters, this album is an absolute banger, and I can get teary-eyed thinking about all the adventures Jamie and I have had with these songs as our soundtrack. I love you so much, Jamie. starting to think you blocked me i did no oh. <laughs> perfect no i i meant to minimize the screen ah. you know and then and i guess i guess i closed it gotcha oh. how you doing man fine fine Hi, just man. fucking fine excited for the episode today i was so excited last night holy shit <laughs> really yeah like i was up at like five in the morning i was like fuck i wonder if mike's up i wonder if we can record right now <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> dick. Well, I was so excited. Well, it would have been um, like 7 a.m. for you, so you would have been up. I was definitely awake. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, how, have you, how have you been? How's your week? Just just a, a glimpse into this. I don't have this. I don't have the history with this album that you and Guffy have, and and that a lot of people our age. Have. Yeah. So whatever. So you're not as excited uh, my as week. Me. <laughs> I mean, I'm as I'm as excited as I ever am to yeah. talk to you. Yeah, this week will be interesting. I, I think I have some things to say that will piss probably everyone off, Misfits fans and people that are not Misfits fans. So, uh, oh well. well. That's great news. Yeah. Um, it's, it's on brand for me, you know, <laughs> making everyone mad. I, I don't think that you make people as mad as you want to think that you make them mad. Oh, I, I don't want to make anyone mad, I, but... I feel like I speak my mind sometimes, and a lot of times that disappoints people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. Mm, my week has been fine. I had, I feel good. I'm testing negative. Oh, good. Back to work. 
I had one pretty sluggish day uh, that felt like, you know, an obvious sort of, okay, you're, this is some layover action yeah. for you. Other than that, I don't know. I busted my ass. I, I did a lot of yard work. I planted or transplanted 17 border bushes. Oh, Had wow. I started that last week yet? No, I don't think so. Not when, um, not when we were recording, but I think you told me over text. Did I talk about Did I talk about my humble brag last week? I I don't think so. I think we only talked about mine, mine unfortunately. Then I get double brag this oh, week. Oh, good, please. Double brag. Electric walk behind lawnmower. I ditched Whoa. my riding lawnmower. Really? Yeah. What do I need? Another hour where I'm sitting on my ass driving something? Yeah. I need another hour or two hours a week of walking is what I need. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. I got an electric lawnmower. So of course, while I was walking out of Lowe's, some redneck asshole was like, good luck with that piece of shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. I was like, do you have experience with it personally? And he said, yeah, I couldn't get the fucking thing to work. Die after five minutes. I have a landscape business. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I just need to cut my grass, bud. Right, right. And then he jumped in his giant truck that had like <laughs> the exhaust that poked up out of his, the bed of his truck and yeah. blew smoke and, and just like blew. And you know, that we didn't have like a, I was nice to him. Oh, probably yeah. too nice, honestly. <laughs> but, and he just like raged out of the parking lot like a fucking cunt. Wow. Just a, you know, whatever. And then, of course, I charged the battery and got home and cut the grass, and it was fucking awesome. So awesome that my humble brag for this week is an electric chainsaw. Hey, look at you. Electric chainsaw. What uh, Have you standardized on a particular brand? Ego. Ego. I don't think I know yeah. that one. It's. I think it's the house. It maybe is the house brand at Lowe's. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Never, never heard of that. <clears throat> So, you should you should you should have told that dude. Yeah, I may be using an electric lawnmower, but I I regularly set tires on fire in my backyard. So, yeah, <laughs> so that's a lot of big black smoke. Yeah, well, well that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I have a uh, after years of fighting an electric uh, gas lawnmower and gas uh, chainsaw. Yeah, we switched to electric a while ago, and it's been fucking great. So. Uh, the, you know, I don't necessarily need a chainsaw in my life. Yeah. Except. When you need a chainsaw. Well, except <laughs> that there was some stuff that needed to be done in the yard. I bought it today, so I haven't even done it yet. It was raining all day and I couldn't buy it tomorrow. So I will do it tomorrow. Um, there's a bunch of branches that need to come off, uh, some border trees. And then I'm going to fall this cluster of five trees. One, the biggest one which is dead and rotten in the middle and it's a hazard right christine had someone come over and give us a quote and they wanted 2500 bucks oh and they were gonna do all this stuff and i was like nah nah she was like what do you think do you think we should do it nah i'm gonna buy a chainsaw (laughs) for 300 dollars and i'm gonna do it it's not gonna be done you know in a day or whatever they would do it in like a full day with a crew of three or four people right but it's going to get done and it's not going to cost 2500 bucks yeah yeah i'm a big fan of uh diy on some things you know it really depends but we had a snowstorm out here 
early last week and uh, it knocked the power out. And one of our neighbors, she's an elderly lady. Um, so in our neighborhood, you know, we have all these giant fir trees and whenever there's fucking wind or heavy snow, all kinds of branches come down. And we have power outages all the time for some fucking reason. I think our grid is right. built, built out of yarn. But uh, anyway, she, she, everybody had uh, tree branches come down in their yard and the driveway and stuff. And Jennifer's like, hey, that lady down the street, it knocked out the power. You know, and we have natural gas furnace, but the fan is electric, right? So we effectively right, have no course. heat and no electricity. So anyways, the lady had posted on Facebook that um, she couldn't get out of her driveway to drive to her daughter's house. And she was cold and I was like, fuck. All right. So I fucking walked down there with the chainsaw and sawed up some of her shit and was able to get her driveway clear. So yeah. So I got to use my electric chainsaw, which is pretty exciting. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. The only thing that sucks uh, is like an idiot. I fucking like, I, I was like kicking, well, I was kicking these branches, um, and I like bruised my heel and so, on my foot. So my foot's been sore for like four days now. So did she appreciate it? Oh yeah. No, she was super sweet. And she like, came, the problem was she came out to, you know, she came out to try to help, but she wasn't very much help. So she just kept trying to talk, which means when she's talking, I can't run the chainsaw, which means I'm just standing there, not, you know, working standing there in, in yeah. the cold. Yeah. In the cold, you know, and I'm all, and it's still, you know, it's, wet snow and anyways uh thankfully jennifer ran interference for me and talked to the lady while i did all the work <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah we got her shit cleared out and she was able to go to her daughter's so that was good the uh you guys don't have a fireplace right uh we do but it's been blocked off so right yeah so effectively we don't oh well we don't either when the power goes out here we are fucked yeah i i, I can't stand the smell of burning wood it just, oh, really? I, I fucking hate it. I, I absolutely can't stand it. Uh, yeah. Whenever one of the neighbors is like, <laughs> is that one of the things that you were planning on talking about that is going to piss some people off? No, <laughs> but oh. it does piss people off. So I've been in like, uh, like for example, the County will post on Facebook that there's like a, a ban on like, uh, wood burning or whatever. And like, I'm always like, thank God. And then like all kinds of people just like <laughs> attack me in the comments, you know? So yeah. What are us poor people supposed to do? I'm like, ah, fuck. Which, you know, they're not wrong, but God damn it. <laughs> I hate it. What? I mean, they still have to, uh, they're buying wood, right? I don't, what are they burning? I don't, I, I, I don't fucking know. Bodies? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, oh, I switched my, I, I know we had my, of course, my, uh, audio was bad last week. And so I've finally given up on the SMB seven and I've replaced my vocal mic with something else. So my mic what, sounds cleaner now. What uh, you were using a SM seven B. Yeah. I've used SM seven B this whole time. And then with a cloud lifter, but for some reason I get electrical noise on the on the line and I don't know if it's cause I don't talk loud enough, but the SMB, you know, 7B needs a ton of gain. So, you know, when you turn the gain up, that increases the noise floor. And so you, you could hear noise on my mic last week. And hmm. so I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm over this fucking mic. So, uh, I got a, I'm using a different mic that is way louder. So I don't I have thought to, that you were using like some other mic always. No, no, I was using the SM7B. Well, for a little while, I used the RE20, but 
Right. That was a disaster. So now I'm using the Heal or Heil PR40 this week. And yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Hmm. It's hmm. Not as much noise. <laughs> this is great radio. Yeah. This is a, is this what the ki- <laughs> is this what they mean when they say uh, meta? Is this meta? <laughs> this is uh, behind the scenes. I don't even know. Yeah. BTS. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to some content. Uh, I do have some follow-up from last week. Uh, mm. Last week, we talked briefly about the West Memphis Three, and mm-hmm. you'd mentioned something about uh, those guys getting out, but there being some sort of deal to where they couldn't sue, you know, for Well, yeah, they had basically to basically, wrongful. they had to put in a guilty plea, um, and, but, and then they were released. <laughs> right. I, it has a name, this whole process. So they were released on August 19th of 2011 <laughs> under the deal the judge, David Lasser, vacated the previous convictions, including capital murder convictions for Eccles and Baldwin, and ordered a new trial. Each man then entered an Alford plea to, le- to lesser charges of first and second degree murder while verbally stating their innocence. Judge Lesser then sentenced them to time served, a total of 18 years and 78 days, and they were each given a suspended imposition of sentence for 10 years. If they reoffended, they can be sent back to prison for 21 years. As part of the plea deal, three men cannot pursue civil action against the state for wrongful imprisonment. How fucked is that? It's totally fucked. Our, our whole, <laughs> whole legal system is a fucking disaster, dude. Oh. Can you imagine? I, I read one of Eccles' books. He's, he's written a few of them. Sorry, my dogs are going. Hey, fuck off! Um, can you imagine spending 18 years of your life in prison? No. And also for something that you didn't do. Right. That's really, really fucked. I yeah. used to have nightmares about this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would do very well in jail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't think they would need tech support? Right. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'd be like uh, Andy Dufresne from uh <laughs> Shawshank, but instead of uh, helping them embezzle money, I'd help them with their ID stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, see? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'd set up like a uh some sort of d- digital currency cur- currency uh <laughs> operation for the inmates you know yeah blockchain yeah exactly cell block cell Cell blockchain yeah (laughs) Uh, that should be your new uh new thing you should try to set up cell blockchain (sighs) (laughs) just when mike needs another crazy project insert fart noise yeah Mm, did i mention that i'm currently obsessed with getting a a midi base foot controller you you did you mentioned that last week how's that still am I every night I fall asleep with the computer on my chest in bed, like thinking that I'm going to find one on somewhere, you know, and I'm going to find, because if you find one that's used, it's 500 bucks. Right. Oof. And I don't want to spend 500 bucks. I want to find yeah. someone that wants to trade for something or yeah, one that's maybe 200 bucks. Um, Probably not going to happen. It's kind of like me. That's, my version of the base six for you, the right, Squire right. base six, where you're like, so, I want it for 350 bucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting closer. Is that your price? Is that your base? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much flexible income I have at the time too, you know? So right. 
but it's one of those things I want that I definitely don't need. You know what I mean? So, although there's all kinds of stuff I don't need that, need that I want. <laughs> there was a God. There was an up a three quarter upright bass for five hundred dollars on Craigslist. Oh boy! And I didn't buy it. How and much are they normally? They're pretty expensive, right? Well, I mean, it wasn't like a fucking carved top German, you know, 1800s, blah, blah, blah. It was right, you know, like a plywood, whatever. But it, I think it started at $900 and just, oh, I wow. watched it slowly creep down and I was like, if it goes a dollar under 500 bucks, I'll buy it. Even if I have to go fucking sell plasma. <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you make the guy an offer? Uh, I don't know. I just didn't. You know, yeah, but that was that was painful. But the yeah. truth is, I don't know where I would put it. It's a fucking big <laughs> instrument, you know. Yeah, no, I had the same problem. <laughs> and I have low ceiling. There's low ceilings in my house. So what am I? What am I going to do with it? Well, the three quarter inch, uh, three quarter size is perfect, then, right? <laughs> yeah, it still is just like it's like having a Christmas tree right, all year, right. you know, because you also have to have a stand. So it's right. just sort of sitting up, and there's n- really there's nowhere for me to put it. That's the truth. Yeah, it seems kind of hard to fathom, but it's the truth. Well, I know you don't even have space for a DVD player, so <laughs> 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 you fucking bastard. Oh, whatever, dude. Speaking of uh, woodwind instruments, my grandmother, uh, <laughs> she. She always told me um, she got a violin from her. She got a Stradivarius violin from her dad. It was handed down to her. And when she passed away, she was going to give it to me. And I knew, you know, I know it's not a Stradivarius or whatever. Uh, so anyways, when we moved her out here, I moved the violin too. And I'd never really looked that closely at it. And uh, <laughs> so and it's a Stradivarius. <laughs> no. Well, the funny thing is the, the tag inside of the violin says that it's a Stradivarius. And I'm like, if this is a Stradivarius, that guy did a shitty job of building violins. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh God, I don't, right. you know. Anyways, I did a little research, and it turns out that the Sears, uh, Sears Roebuck Company or whatever, in the early 1900s, made a bunch of Stradivarius knockoffs with like real like labels and everything in them, and uh, they sold for like two dollars or something. Yeah, you know, so. Two dollars. Uh, yeah, they're like crazy cheap, you know. And um, uh, you know, my grandma's convinced this is a strad, you know. And uh, so I've been going through some of her papers and stuff, and I found out that she had. So when my great grandmother died, that violin was part of the estate, and my my grandfather paid out the other living, you know, so her Relatives. brother and sisters to buy that violin for like a no. lot of money. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. So anyways, and it's like, it's like, it's not even playable. It's so fucking beat up. <laughs> uh, one right. of the strings is literally a string on it. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 like there's two strings currently. Twine. On one, one is metal and the other literally is a piece of twine. I'll take a picture and stick it in the show notes for people to see. So Oh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. I, um, you know, obviously I'm not going to tell her, but, but <laughs> it's just like, right. you know, I didn't expect it to be a Strad, but I figured it'd be like a halfway decent knockoff that I might be able to play. And I don't even know that it's, you know, worth fixing up to play. So Wait, you were going to play this, the violin. Yeah. I, you know, I like 
tinkering with all kinds of instruments. All right. Like, I don't know. I, uh, like, I really like playing the trombone whenever I have one around. And um, I played some other, like, metal instruments or whatever. Wood, not woodwind instruments, but what are the metal, what are the woodwind instruments that are metal called? Like woodwind. saxes and, like a sax and a trombone. And a flute. And a, well, a trombone is not a reed instrument. Oh, right, a right, saxophone, right. saxophone is a reed instrument. Oh, that's right. Um, clarinet is a reed instrument. Okay, so know. yeah, I like playing the instruments that don't have a reed. <laughs> yeah. Like a tuba and stuff. It's super fun to play. Brass instruments. Uh, brass, that's what I'm thinking of. Brass. I always, I always told myself when I would get, when I got older, I wanted to join a mariachi band as a, as the tuba player. But I think I told Jennifer that, and she's like, "You think someone would let you join their mariachi band?" It's <laughs> 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 like, fuck! Why you gotta fucking put cold water why on my you, dreams, why woman? Busting my yeah, why you busting my hump? Jesus! Doesn't matter. I don't know how to play a tr- <laughs> uh, a uh, tuba and all that stuff. So, anyways. Mm. How's the cottage? Uh, it's all right. I think Jennifer, I haven't been there since my grandma's been in town. Jennifer was just there for a few days. And right. uh, we're going to go there next week with my niece. So that'll be fun. She, I can't, she's fucking turned 18. She's going to be graduating high school and going off to college this year. And I'm like super bummed about Whoa. it. So, Wow. Yeah, I know. I I didn't get to spend enough time with her, which really bums me out. So when, you know, when she was a kid. Where is she going to go to college? Does she already have a place picked? Yeah, she's going to go to Oklahoma, and she's going to do the veterinary program and specialize in horses, apparently. so Equestrian. Yeah. Huh. So she's uh, she's adopted, and she didn't come into the family until she was about 10, but um, she's very... Um, she was young for her age, I guess is the best way to explain it. She had yeah. a really hard upbringing and stuff, which, you know really made me take a liking to her you know what i mean um and she's very like positive kid and love to have fun and love to be silly which is what i you know i love being silly with the kids you know what i mean and so even as a teenager uh, you know when she should have gotten to that point where you know like her parents embarrass her or whatever she she never got like that with me she would always want to be fun and silly with me which i love you know made me so happy you know so uh, yeah, we just raise hell together at, at, you know, family get togethers and all that stuff. And I just had so much fun with her, you know? And, uh, like I remember we, we, uh, one day we just, uh, it was pouring rain. She was probably 11 at the time and we're driving somewhere and we just like, I opened all the windows and the sunroof in my car and it's just pouring rain in the car. And we just screamed as loud as we could just driving around <laughs> <laughs> and we'd sing like, uh, uh, Taylor Swift songs together and shit. Like she, like I, you know, I'd like learn them from her, and yeah, it was great, man. Do you have a favorite Taylor Swift song? Uh, is it "Call Me Maybe"? Is that that is that a Taylor Swift song? No, that's oh. someone else. Oh well, that one's my favorite out of the songs that my niece taught me. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, some a different girl. Oh, okay, but yeah, we like like I have my. Uh, I have a decibel meter, you know, which uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that's a uh, measures volume. And like, we'd hang out in the basement and we'd scream into the decibel meter to see who could scream the loudest and stuff. Like we just, just I just had so much fun with that kid, you know? So, uh, was there a consistent winner or? 
I think she won, which wow. I was pretty surprised about. Um, I don't remember. Was it a pitch thing? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how she sang louder than me. I was pretty shocked. I mean, I think my lungs are bigger than hers. So yeah, I was surprised. But she crushed I would have it. been so I would have been so bummed. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy that she won. So I'm pretty competitive. <laughs> I am too, but you know, like I always crush those fucking nieces and nephews at Monopoly and shit, you know. <laughs> I played dirty. <laughs> so and Uno and stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So we're going with her next week. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm sad she's grown up and I'm sad she's moving away. So Yeah. Well. Everybody grows up except for you and me. That's, That's true. the thing. Jesus. Mostly. No new instruments for you? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> it's going to be That's a while. Good. Yeah. Guffy's on a tear. I know, right? He just bought a bass for his wife. What the hell? I know. I knew this was going to happen. Does, uh, does he make a commission? <laughs> on selling stuff to himself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm th- wondering. Yeah, it's right. Like, how, uh, dang, dude. I mean, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Hey, Guffy, smoke them if you got them, buddy. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. But I think he does a lot of trading probably. And I, I think he probably, I mean, I'm just assuming, I'm assuming he buys a lot of the stuff that he gets is stuff that maybe the store isn't interested in buying, you know, right. that walks in the door. So, but there I are a totally few wrong. things that I think about now, like I don't need more guitars. I do want a super strat. Like some kind of bolt-on Stratocaster thing that's right. got two humbuckers. Don't necessarily want a trem on it, you know. I'm like kind of thinking Wait, about maybe getting. If you're getting a Super Strat, you, I mean, I would think it would have to have an upside-down headstock and a Floyd on it, right? Like that's <laughs> that's a Super Strat to me. No, not well. I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> you know, Super Strat is just a Strat. With just, some humbuckers. I just feel like you should go all the way, you know? I just don't... I have a, a guitar with a Floyd on it, and yeah. I've had a couple others, and they just sort of... I like the idea of them, but it's kind of like having something that just... There's just like one more thing that requires maintenance. <laughs> right, right. You know? I don't know to, I'm not a technician. You for, you you're a 80s metal fan uh is a stein of course is, is a steinberger on your list of things you want the one without a headstock or whatever i would like the one with the body but it's not on my short list mm-hmm. the other thing i really want a nice p base like a real 60s p base i know all, oh jesus <laughs> you know and i look around and i'm like i could i have all this shit and i don't use it you know what am i doing and i just think i could i could I could sell or trade all the stuff and get a 63P base. Like a real 63? Fuck yeah. Oh, wow. That would be sick, right? Yeah. Probably They're won't happen, though. fucking crazy expensive now, though. I mean, bases don't matter, but apparently the people that own those think they do. <laughs> yeah, we, you've already <laughs> established that that's how you feel. <laughs> I, uh, I, I know this is not what you want, uh, but I saw... Uh, the base that I just bought like a couple months ago, I saw one for sale on Craigslist. It's a 70s P base issue. It's fucking, it's the best base I've ever played. And uh, yeah, I saw one on our local Craigslist here for like 950 bucks. There was a JCM 800 listing that I sent you <laughs> yeah. last week. It still bothers me. It's a, it's a good price, man. 
I just don't, I don't have money. I'm yeah. Buy Christine. I'm buying Christine a new bicycle for her birthday. Oh, that's exciting. That'll be next week's humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, Mike sends me a picture of a bike and he's like, Hey, do you know if this bike is any good? And in the picture, the front of the picture of the bike is a girl just in a thong squat, squatted well, over. I was like, what? <laughs> There's a bike. Here's in the photo? thing. Here's the thing. I, I didn't go looking. I didn't go searching for that. <laughs> right, what right. happened was I went on to eBay and I typed in whatever cruiser bike, and yeah. that was like a top, like in the top three or five <laughs> results. I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, people what do the that. Fuck shit. is going? The fuck is going on over there, eBay? <laughs> what do you kind of smut are you guys peddling over here? That's how you get people to click on your ads. I guess so. Yeah. It's like at the um, trade show where they hire models to hang out outside the booth to get guys to uh, fucking go to their booths. Right. It's so funny. Every fucking industry seems to do that. Screen printing, BMX. Screen printing music. too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, there's the uh, c- c- computers especially. Oh, God. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Pretty susceptible, those fellas. Yeah, a bunch of incels, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go look at this girl and get a free USB thumb drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well things are tough all over yeah mm. i mean unless you're a trade show model actually i guess that would probably be a horrible job <laughs> with being a trade show model yeah just like talking to unbathed what you know whatever for the trade show you're at i just think it would be disgusting and also kind of dangerous because yeah you have to be nice to these folks and these folks have you know it's sad, but probably not a lot of girls have been nice to them. Right. Mm, so be pretty easy for one of these fellas to get the wrong idea. Yeah. Oh, she likes me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got a stalker. Yeah, it's like strippers. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fuck, Jesus. you know. Oh, God. Why? How do we start talking about this? Because of your, because of all your incel friends from the IT world. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is that why? I don't remember. What else? Are we getting into this this record, dude? I'm so ready to get into this record. You're so excited. I am so excited. So I mean, we've spent the requisite thirty minutes talking I'm about a, bullshit. Just like biding my time, biding my time to. Uh, yeah. So the first time i ever heard the misfits uh was probably 85 or 86 on the gem and the holograms tv show do you really (laughs) so there was a tv show called gem and the holograms it was a cartoon and uh gem was in a band called gem and the holograms and they had a rival band called the misfits (laughs) Uh. so not the same misfits but anyways uh, and an enjoyable cartoon. And I had always heard that uh, uh, later on in, you know, in the 90s when I found out about the real Misfits, I'd, I'd heard, you know, so many, I don't know if they were John Toids about the Misfits or whatever, but I'd, I'd always heard that uh, the, the production, TV production company had to pay off uh, Danzig and those guys to use the, to name. Use the name. So, um, But I couldn't find any any reference to that online. So wait a minute, let me back up for a second. Yeah. You didn't hear about the, the real band, the misfits until the nineties. Correct. Yeah. 
the misfits i never heard until i started working at uh that um uh skate the, shop place the skate and bong shop yeah was one of the many things they turned me on to there so i heard uh that collection one or whatever cd and i was just i remember she was the first song on the record on the cd and i was just like what is this this is amazing <laughs> and so yeah after wow. listening to that i was <laughs> i was a fan so that really uh catches me off guard yeah i mean you know thinking back i would heard the um the metallica cover of um uh from from the like the garage ep or whatever it was is that what it was right. called the 599 cassette. Uh, garage days yeah. yeah yeah i'd heard that and i remember seeing metallica photos of metallica where they're wearing misfit shirts but you know right i didn't green hell yeah i didn't know anything um past that and until i you know heard that cd at the at the alternative so yeah and then that opened up a whole new world for me <laughs> In the context of hearing that band in that environment, do you think that it would have been different if you heard him at at like a park or contest or from a friend in a car? No. Um, <clears throat> you know, here's something that I wanted to talk about on this episode. And this is what I think, this is one of the many things I think I'm going to say that's going to make people really angry. Uh, and I've said this on the show before, but, um, you know, the misfits are the Beatles of punk rock, right? Like those songs are fucking amazing. Um, and a couple of months ago I was driving somewhere on a long drive and I was thinking about the misfits. I think that the misfits are the greatest American band. Wow. Okay. Like, think about it. Um, those songs are, they literally have one bad song, maybe two out of their entire catalog. Every song is a fucking great sing-along song. Um, the iconography of the band with the Crimson Ghost and their logo, I mean, that shit almost is larger than the band. Um, their image... For it the, definitely is. <clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the image of the band... I mean, when these guys started doing the devil lock and the leather jacket with the, you know, I mean, obviously people had done dyed black hair, leather jackets before them, but they just took it to the next level with the big fucking spikes and the crazy fucking, you know, guitars that they like cut out themselves in their dad's wood shop, you know, to just look evil or, you know. Yeah, they're kind of like Kiss. Yeah, totally. But with great songs. <laughs> I, you know i mean i love kiss but the misfits is kiss done way better you know and and, right. and like seeing you know when you see pictures of the misfits with like playing live or you know there's pictures of them like in a, a regular setting you know like standing on the street and you see other people around and it, you're just like oh my god these guys are so much different than <laughs> everybody else uh and you know so much different than their peer bands you know like uh you think about what they look like uh as opposed to like the guys in minor threat or the guys in black flag or the guys in circle jerks like these guys you know uh created an image and put an image out there you know the, the i mean uh up until the internet happened uh, the rumor was that the misfits only ever played on halloween 
you know? (laughs) I think I I remember hearing that. Like, uh, or, you know, the misfits got arrested in New Orleans for grave robbing, right? Which is a true story, by the way. Uh, You know, I mean, those, there's, there's all kinds of factors that go into making a great band. And like, you know, I think about like the iconography and their image, uh, you know, how they looked, the, the, the mystique of the misfits, uh, and then like super simple, super catchy sing-along songs. And I think, okay, did the Eagle, how do the Eagles compare to that? How does, you know, uh, Foo Fighters compare to that or what, you know, I just try to think of not solo acts, but bands in America. And there's nobody, nobody else like that kissed it. You know, I mean, kiss were huge, but um, they didn't have the songs, you know what I mean? So, and I talked with Jennifer about this the other day and I'm like, you know, I asked her like, what makes a great, what do you think makes a great band? You know? And like the misfits fucking hit everything. Um, you know, the only, you know, I, I, you know, and ultimately it's about the music. So you have to have, you know, it can't, you, you know, I'm, the reason kiss isn't the greatest American band is because they don't have the songs to back it up. You know, I mean, I love kiss. I love those songs, but they're not, you know, right. The Beatles, they're not the, uh, the misfits. Don't, unless they're, <laughs> unless they're describing their band. Right. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, and so the only other band I, I think that can come close to the misfits is maybe Nirvana because they got the songs to back it up. What about Credence Clearwater Revival? I mean, what does their logo look like? I mean, I when mean, was the last that, time you saw somebody wearing a CCR shirt or have a CCR what you're, bumper what you're sticker? Talking about, what you're talking case. about, what you're talking about is not a band. You're talking about a business. But it's, I, I feel like that's part of it. Mm, no, it's not. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, there is a band and then there's the music business. Because what you're talking about is marketing. But the... You know, uh, here's a famous John Gavi quote: "Looks is the other half of rock and roll, right?" Sure. And how you look on stage, uh, how you present yourself, your stage presence, your iconography, uh, the mystique of the band, the story of the band—you know—all of that is almost as important as the songs. And the Misfits got all of it. And there's a, you know, th- sure there are a lot of bands who are technically way, you know. And so here's the flip side of that. This record sounds terrible. The guys, the the Misfits would have been so much better, better with different players in the band, (laughs) you know? Uh, (laughs) Here, you know what? This, this record didn't sound as bad as I was expecting it to. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. I, for whatever reason, because I don't have a history with this band. Yeah. I've never owned a Misfits record. Not a single one. I have tried to dip my toe a few times into the pool and couldn't get excited about it because the recordings sound so terrible. Yeah, um, no, the recordings are fucking awful. The recordings, but, the playing on the recordings, like. But I thought that this record, I thought that the the playing wasn't terrible. I I was I actually really enjoyed listening to this this week. I was I was fucking into it. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear that. And it, that feels strange for a 50 year old dude. I've always liked the idea of the band. The idea of the band is f- remarkable. Yeah, you know, bunch of fucking weird 
New Jersey dudes that lift weights and they're, <laughs> they're, they're all yoked like, out. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like all thick neck fucking Jersey dudes that, right. um, that like sing about 50s it, horror movies. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what? It's like Fangoria magazine fucking gave the Ramones a facial. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like, here it is. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's, it's like big time wrestling. Right, yeah. And so that conceptually appeals to me, but nothing else about it did. But all of a sudden, I feel like I've turned a corner. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me so happy. I was like, is it too too late for me to get my first Misfits t-shirt? No, no. It's it's so good. Fuck. It's it's really good. Tell me this, because I'll bet that you've done some research. Yeah. Well, how actually, were they? How were they received by the mainstream? Because I know that they, you know, they've had a huge cult following, and one of those cult followings that's only grown since they broke up. Yeah, or whatever. Since yeah, the it's kind of like the lineup, Velvet Underground or whatever. Since the original lineup disbanded. Yeah. Um, well, I think they only now, sold like twenty five hundred copies of this record um, when they were together. So not that right. They weren't super big. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that the Metallica thing helped kind of trigger, um, interest oh, in the sure band. And they then, bought some houses off that. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, Danzig, uh, his solo project got a big push, you know, with, uh, Rick Rubin and stuff like that producing. And so, people investigated his previous work, you know, and then it kind of springboarded from there, I think, you know what I mean? So, right. But yeah, when they were out and playing, I mean, they were, I mean, I don't think they were bigger than black flag. Um, they didn't do that many national tours. They played spot shows, you know, in, on the East coast or whatever. Um, you know, Max's Kansas city and Irving Plaza and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. And then, you know, they also had, an incredible revolving door of members, you know, other than Jerry and, uh, Glenn. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, wasn't until after they broke up that people were like, Oh fuck, <laughs> you know? So. Ooh, when did Doyle come into the fold? Uh, so they He's had not a, an original member. No. So Doyle, um, they had a, a guitar player that, wasn't showing up to band practice and so glenn and uh jerry started teaching doyle how to play guitar and finally he he had gotten good enough and they had gotten sick of the other guitar players shit that they're like you know what you're our guitar player now and so doyle was 16 when he joined the band wow yeah so <laughs> which you know looking at uh him well, he doesn't look 16. He's all fucking ripped and shit. <laughs> so. I mean, have you seen a picture of this fucking guy lately? Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's just like, he looks like a, a superhero. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Have you ever uh, have you ever seen his premiere guitar interview? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You have to watch. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But ba- yeah, he's he's totally like... I mean, he's like a cast member of uh, Jersey Shore, right? He's just Jersey dude fucking chewing with gum with his mouth open, on. you know, and talking shit about how he hates Marshalls and, <laughs> you know, shit like that. And 
his lack of any music or guitar knowledge is almost shocking. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking high comedy, dude. I'll I'll, I'll send that to you. It's, I mean, even if you have a passing interest in the Misfits, his uh, premiere guitar interview is fucking gold. So I I played a show with the Misfits, which was you know the touring version of the band that had yeah. Des Kadena on guitar. Uh, yeah, and I don't know who was drumming. It was either Marky Ramone or it Robo. was not Marky Ramone. Was it Robo? I don't think it was Robo either. Really? Okay. Mm. Um, but I have a picture of myself with him. Yeah. And he gave me a giant like Misfits sticker that goes on your guitar case. Right, right. He gave Jeff Rouse, our bass player, the shirt uh, right off of his back. That's so amazing. <laughs> he was like shockingly kind. Yeah. To the point where it would, I mean, for a minute, I was like, what the, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here? You're like, back up, dude. Um, he just was like, hey, you guys drinking water? Hey, make sure you stay hydrated. He's walking around backstage with like a, <laughs> a case of water, like giving people water. You taking vitamins? Here, put this in your water. This is emergency, okay? <laughs> and uh, he just was like looking out for everyone. Yeah, no, uh, Jerry's fucking, the coolest, dude. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. It was super duper fun. Yeah, he's like the nicest famous person I've ever met. Um, yeah, I got my picture taken. I was so excited, you know, and uh, he'd found out that we drove three hours to see the show and he's just like, are you guys you sure you guys are awake enough to drive home? You know, like total dad mode. Like, and it, it was right. the best, like just the best. And, and when I got my picture taken with him, he like came, he like came up around me, like kind of put me in this weird hug. And yeah, it was, he, he's just the nicest fucking dude. So, wow. Yeah. Um, that's Jerry, not Doyle, by the way. Doyle's kind of a dick. <laughs> Is he a dick? Yeah. He, well, I shouldn't say he was a dick. He was not very interested. He was not very friendly and not very interested in talking to fans after the show, which is fine. But yeah, you know, I in mean, contrast to Jerry. In con- like, can you imagine if you waited outside of Taco Bell to talk to the person that sold you your drive through <laughs> Just like, hey, man, I waited all this time. I wanted to talk to you after you did your job. Yeah. And they'd be like, get the fuck away from me, dude. I've got a concealed <laughs> weapons permit. <laughs> well, uh, one of my favorite things is, uh, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's a, uh, uh, so the misfits are playing again sporadically as the original misfits. And it's, uh, Jerry only Doyle on guitar. Uh, Glenn is singing. And then Dave Lombardo from Slayers playing drums. Who's like one of the greatest drummers ever. Uh, yeah. and then AC Slade's playing. Um, I think you're friends with AC, right? Yeah. He's a buddy of mine. Uh, anyway, anyways, the meme is, uh, and, and so, you know, the misfit songs are notoriously easy to play on guitar. They're, you know, uh, they're just super simple, <laughs> great songs. And then the meme is, it's a picture of, uh, Doyle playing on stage with AC, AC Slade playing guitar behind him. And it's like, and it's a little, you know, a word bubble that's, uh, AC saying, you got this. And Doyle saying, nah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very funny. So I'll uh, I'll try to find uh, that and post it online too. I wonder I wonder what practice is like. Like do they do they pump iron? <laughs> didn't they like bring weights on tour with them and uh, lift weights? I don't know. I mean, 
as, that was part of the lore that I heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeff Rouse told that, me but... that because he lived in Hollywood. Yeah. And, you know, Glenn at that time, like all through the 90s, and this was early 2000s, Glenn had like a pretty modest little house over in Hollywood, you know, just yeah. like off in a neighborhood. Um, and he's like, and it's like kind of overgrown and like creepy looking, had an iron gate out in front. And he's like, yeah, we walked past it when we were down there on tour. We, that was a, his favorite taco place was down there. We would just go there and we, we, he walked me past Glenn's house and he goes, and there was a weight bench out in his driveway. And he goes, <laughs> I used to see him out there pump, just like bench pressing all the time. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> just, just out there, just, just maxing reps right right just going just going for it uh i uh i just sent you a link to uh, <clears throat> a blog post entitled the adventures of danzig and his bricks i'll post that in the show notes uh yeah it's about <laughs> these people making fun of glenn for having a pile of bricks in the front of his house uh, <laughs> and uh is there a photo of the house that i just <clears throat> described um let's see it doesn't look like it, but I've seen the photo of the bricks in front of his house before. Uh, yeah. There's also a meme of Glenn walking out of a grocery store carrying like a bunch of cat litter and cat food. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, there's a uh, poor Glenn. There's a he catches a lot of shit. Yeah, he does. There's a um, there's a comic book series, I think it's called Henry and Glenn, and it's about Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig being in a homosexual relationship with each other. Right. And uh, Glenn is very, shall we say, emotionally needy in the relationship in the comic right. book. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then, uh, have you ever seen the video of uh, that guy punching Danzig behind, uh, backstage? Uh, I, I think everyone. I think even yeah. his sister has seen it. Yeah, so... I saw. Or I didn't bother looking at it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to support sensationalism. But in the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, m certainly not more than a month, I saw a headline that said, uh, "Unearthed extended video footage of that incident." Oh, okay, so it maybe yeah. tells a tells a greater story. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Um, which wouldn't surprise me, but. Yeah, that was, you know, I don't know, man. Dude catches a lot of shit. Yeah. And that I tried to listen I tried to listen to that Elvis covers record that he made. Oh god, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, "Oh, maybe this is good." I don't know why I would think something so foolish. But <laughs> it was bad. It it was definitely not good. Yeah. Um but here's how I feel about all these guys. They can, as far as I'm concerned, they can do whatever they want. Kind of like Kiss can do whatever they want. Yeah. These guys want to get together and headline Coachella or whatever the fuck they're doing. Go for it. Make, just go tour, make money. Like, yeah, you guys did this thing. And if people want, like supply and demand, if people want it, give it to them. And have Dave Lombardo on drums? Fuck yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck I was yeah, really worried, it. you know, I, I mean, I love Dave Lombardo. I think he's probably one of the greatest drummers of all time. Um, but I was like, oh, fuck, why would they get him? Because I figured he was just going to overplay. Because, you know, historically, the drummers in the Misfits have not been great. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, he's going to ruin all these songs by overplaying. 
Nope, he did not. He was just solid and straight ahead and just fucking crushed it. Um, and there's some videos like he, like David brought like a, a GoPro and set it up like on his like wedge monitor or what, you know, whatever. So it was just like the drum yeah. cam of him playing uh, in like sound check. And it's just, he crushes. It's just so amazing how fucking good he is. And then he's just playing, you know, to support the song, which I was so happy to see. So I'll post a link to that in the show notes too. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how it, how it took me this long. Yeah. It's fucking so good. Well, I had, um, uh, in the nineties, uh, I had heard they were having auditions for a singer and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm going to go to New Jersey and try out. Uh, and then I found out I'd, fucking missed the boat so i didn't get a chance to go and try out which i was pretty disappointed about yeah <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah um and then uh in my couple of my bands we've been we've been playing the song violent world as a cover god for 25 years now uh it's been wow. a regular part of our set list and we actually recorded it when we recorded our seven inch and i'm going to use that song as the intro song for this episode so uh yeah so that way you don't have to I, do it. I listened this week. to that earlier. <laughs> your cover of yeah. it's great. Nice. Uh let's see. Do you have some trivia about this? I about I, all this I have jazz? all kinds of stuff to talk about. Uh and inserting myself into Misfits lore one last time, hopefully. Sorry, everybody. Uh one of the last times I was on stage was uh I got called up at a school of rock show. Uh they were doing a Misfits School of Rock and uh John had the kids call me up and I sang Violent World with the School of Rock kids. So that was pretty killer. <laughs> I didn't even know he was going to do it. <laughs> Just like in the audience and he calls me up. So that was pretty cool. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, they, so the Misfits played the original Misfits. They only, do, they've only done, they've done like 10 shows maybe. Um, you know, Riot Fest, they played the Garden. Uh, and then they played up in Seattle and some friends of mine went and I really thought about going and I didn't. And it was really hard to decide to not go, but the misfits are kind of like the Smiths where if you go to see them, everybody in the audience is singing along to every word of the entire fucking song. Right. Right. Which I don't want to hear all the assholes around me sing the misfits. I want to hear the fucking misfits. <laughs> right. So I did not go to the show and yeah, you fucked up. I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, I think that would have ruined it for me. So I didn't go and I actually don't feel that bad about it. So that's one of the things that, that struck me is how it felt like sing, sing along drinking music. It almost, I mean, obviously not vibe wise, but in the spirit, it almost felt like Irish drinking music. Oh yeah. I could see that. You know, where, yeah, there was just very sing songy, bits yeah and you don't even need to know the words you just need to sing the woes you know whoa yeah. <laughs> hey breathe yeah. as whoa whoa i mean fuck exactly it's perfect to sing along to you know and, and that's one of the reasons there's such great songs you know um <clears throat> yeah so uh <laughs> i didn't actually do that much research for this episode um there is an ungodly amount of information about there out there about the misfits with just fucking, I mean, even just the albums and the releases and the different colored vinyls and the different, you know, all that stuff. Um, 
and the different members and their offshoot bands and what they did afterwards and why they broke up. And like, uh, like for example, the drummer on this, uh, album walk among us is a guy named Arthur Googie who it's pretty funny. If you look for photos of them online, Glenn Doyle and Jerry all look like the misfits. And then Arthur looks like some dude that's photobombing them. You know, <laughs> like he, 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 I think he's got like blonde hair and he doesn't have a devil lock and he's not wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> like he just right. doesn't fit in the band. Uh, but you know, there's all sorts of hilarious. Nugget. What did he do after? Um, like I said, I did not do <laughs> that much, uh, research. Uh, Can you imagine being that guy and telling someone, oh yeah, I used to be in the Misfits. Right, and they'd be yeah. like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't. Uh, but Arthur Googie was kicked out of the band. Uh, they had they only had X amount of money, and they were at McDonald's, and he wanted another hamburger, and Glenn said they didn't have enough money to buy another hamburger. And they ended up getting in a fist fight in McDonald's, and then he was kicked out of the band. So, Wow. Yeah. Uh, when they got arrested for grave robbing in New Orleans, uh, Jerry and uh, Doyle's brother came down to bail them out, and... Uh, he bailed them all out of jail. Wait a whoa, whoa, wait a they're not related. Uh Jerry and Doyle are brothers. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry uh Doyle's Jerry's younger brother. So um, Oh, I I didn't know his younger brother? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, Doyle is Jerry's younger brother. Yes. I thought you I misheard. Uh, I was like yeah, Maybe I misspoke. Mind. Okay. Anyways, uh um, so their other brother was on, I believe was on tour with them and came down to bail them out of jail for grave robbing. And at the time Robo was playing drums with them and, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, Robo. I only have enough to bail these guys out of jail. <laughs> so, so they left Robo in jail. What? And then they went to Florida to play their next show. They skipped town. They skipped their court date and left Robo in New Orleans. <laughs> And, no. Yeah, and I think Robo was an illegal alien at the time. So Robo's from Colombia, and uh, God, talk about the fucking Harrison Ford of punk rock. Do- uh, Robo was in Black Flag and The Misfits. That's like being right. Han Solo and Indiana Jones in punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, they, they left him behind <laughs> in New Orleans, and I don't know. I think he got deported from that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of shitty of him, but... Um, let's see, uh, when they, when they were thinking about putting the misfits back together, um, in the nineties, uh, they went to a Metallica show and brought the original like kick drum head with like the crimson ghost on it and stuff, uh, and to give to the band and the band gave them free tickets to the show and gave them and wouldn't meet with them. And just gave them nosebleed, nosebleed seats. <laughs> so, <laughs> Metallica? Yeah, Metallica did that to uh, Jerry and Doyle. That doesn't seem... Well, I think they're friends with Glenn. Right. And I think Glenn had nothing nice to say about Jerry and Doyle uh, back then. Because they were right. in lawsuits all throughout the 80s and 90s until, things, until they were able to settle things. But um, I know, the, I mean, the story's at least partially true because there are all kinds of Metallica videos where when they're at the Metallica headquarters, you can see the kick drum, the misfits kick drum head hanging up on the wall in the background. So 
<laughs> another uh, another rumor that I'd heard in the past that I was not able to substantiate was that the Misfits, when they would record, they would mic up all their instruments and play like a live set, and they would the recordings are actually a mic'd up PA, so they didn't mic the guitar cabinet and record the guitar cabinet and the you know bass cabinet and the drums. They ran all that shit through the PA and then then mic the PA. <laughs> Because they wanted it to sound like their live show. So again, I don't know if that's true or not, but it kind of kind of tracks with be, how shitty <laughs> the bands. Yeah, the rec- there, the recording. There sound. must be a way to fact check that. Yeah, pretty easily, I'd say. But what the fuck do I know? There was a band in Portland uh, of fat guys that dressed up as the Misfits and played all Misfits songs, and they were called the Misfats. I saw for a them while in the. Uh, did you? I never got to yeah, see them. They, I always wanted to. They were an all obese Misfits <laughs> right. cover band. I saw it's them, in brilliant. fact, I saw them open up for We Got the Meat. Who's We Got the Meat? Oh, is, oh we, my God. Is that a, a transvestite Go-Go's cover band? No, it was just an all-male Go-Go's cover band. Oh, did they dress up as women? No. Ah. Okay. The, we Got the Meat. I don't think they did. <laughs> that's that's pretty, not how that's I remember it. If they did, it didn't. Uh, it, did, it didn't make an impression. If they did, they weren't hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my friend Jody uh, is has been playing in a Misfits Misfits cover band since God the early two thousands called Broken Bodies. That's pretty good here in Portland. So and they huh. play all the time. Um, Still. Yeah. Uh, the recording session for Walk Among Us took place at multiple studios between June of eighty one and January of eighty two. Uh, the record was released in March of eighty two. And then Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill the Night was recorded December 17th, 1981 at the Ritz in New York City. Um, something that. How amazing is that song? Dude, how amazing are a bunch of these fucking songs? Violent World is so good. Fucking. Uh, I, All Hell Breaks Loose is amazing. There's a. Um, there's a album of covers that was put out in the mid 90s of punk bands doing uh, Misfits tracks. And I think sick of it all does all hell breaks loose and it's crushes it's so good pennywise does uh astro zombies yeah the, the cover record's great so uh if you can get one a copy pain of that, in the yeah. ass about this record is that it wasn't on streaming service yeah what, do you have any of that story i don't uh no i know glenn owns almost all of the the original misfits like recordings and stuff because he put it out on his own oh. label called Plan 9. But this uh, record was put out on Slash uh, Records and Ruby Records. And so I think they own the you know rights to it or whatever. And, and so I don't know what that's about. But um, I heard that it had been on streaming services and has been pulled off. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. You can't just fucking listen to it. I mean, you can't get it. You can't even buy it on iTunes. No, uh-uh. It's nowhere. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So... Although they did, uh, well, I think they re-released a vinyl version of it in 2018. So you can pick a copy up on Discogs like I did last night for like 20 bucks. So, right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I learned today is that Glenn actually plays a guitar on a bunch of songs on this record. He plays guitar in Vampira, uh, Devil's Warehouse, Ast- uh, Devil's Whore, Devil's Warehouse, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's Whorehouse, Astro Zombie, and... Uh, overdub guitars on a bunch of other tracks and he plays drums on brain eaters 
which is one of the two Bad Misfits songs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Brain Eaters uh, and uh, Rat Fink is not good. Other than that, all the songs are fucking unbelievable. Did you know that Glenn played guitar? I knew he played guitar. I didn't know he played guitar on any of the tracks, though. Like, I figured right. he had, I mean, uh, I knew he played piano um, because, like, the original Misfits was a drummer and Glenn singing and playing electric piano. Really? Yeah. Um, so, like, this. Are there any of those recordings around? Is there. Yeah. So, there's a song called Cough Cool uh, where it's. I don't think, I don't remember if there's any electric guitar on it. I think it's drums, bass, and electric piano. And it's a killer song. Oh. So, um, another thing I found out today is Jerry's last name. So, his last name is like Kafka or something. Huh? When they put out their first seven inch, his last name was spelled incorrectly on the, on the packaging. And so, huh. he said, going forward, I just, it's just going to be Jerry. It's, J- it's just Jerry only. meaning only put jerry and uh, yeah it's turned into jerry only so that's where that comes from i thought that was pretty cool that's that's pretty great yeah uh the band found a recording opportunity when mercury records wished to use the name blank records for one of its subdivisions and offered danzig 30 hours of studio time in exchange for rights to the name so they had put out the cough cool on like their own label and they called their label Blank Records. And uh, Mercury wanted that name. And so they gave Glenn 30 hours of recording time. And they didn't, re- I mean, what did they do with that? I think that's how they recorded this stuff. Then why does it sound so terrible? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know. Um, Is it because of the PA thing? Is that maybe. true? I mean, I want I someone know. to c- confirm that. Yeah, I don't know. Um hmm. Let's see. Although never an official Misfits member in 1986, Erie Vaughn performed bass and drums on several tracks, which eventually appeared, appeared on the band's Collection 2 compilation album in 1995. Uh, Erie Vaughn's close association with the Misfits led him to providing the liner notes to the Misfits box set in 1996. So Erie was the uh, bass player for Danzig's uh, band Danzig. So, uh, Tell me about what is that other band... That is sort of like Misfits adjacent. Sam Hain? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know much about Sam Hain. Um, Sam Hain was supposed to be Glenn's side project while he was in the Misfits, but then the Misfits broke up. And so Sam Hain had a bunch of different members, including Brian Baker from uh, Minor Threat and Bad Religion, uh, as well as Lyle Pressler from Minor Threat. Um, Although I don't know that that stuff worked out. Uh, but it was more of a heavy metal, like darker, scarier, you know, it wasn't as sing songy. Yeah. Um, and then when Sam Hain was putting out stuff, uh, that's when Glenn got hooked up with, um, uh, who's, oh, God damn it. I said his name earlier. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Uh, and Rick wanted to do something, but he wanted Glenn to replace some of the guys in the band. And then I don't know if Rick said hey you should change the name um i mean it may have been more like hey this is called danzig so now when i kick people out of the band i don't need to change the name of the band so <laughs> so yeah so sam hang kind of morphed into danzig which is you know a metal basically a heavy metal thing and I, I gotta say danzig uh funny thing is danzig 2 
uh, Lucifage, I think is what it's called. We used to listen to that at the skate park a few years before I had ever heard the Misfits, and I loved that record, and I still love that record. It's a great record. Sweeney sent me a couple links. There was some kind of weird Kentucky connection with Danzig. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it wasn't... There was some band from down there. Fuck, that's what it is. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to send it to you. Right. I'm not even going to try to recreate <laughs> I love the when conversation you make shit up because <laughs> well, i don't remember i don't want i don't want to be i don't want to john toyed this i don't want to squires ah, toy come it. on now, well i just know that i'll fuck it up because i all i remember is that he sent me something and i was like oh fuck this is right okay here it is uh oh maurice the space cowboy there's some band called maurice and oh um that's the guys from slint right right but there was there was some sort of danzig tie-in there ah that sounds familiar maybe glenn invited them to be in the band or something even i just sent you the article that's right yeah crazy though right i remember that from the uh, from the slint podcast talking about that um, Brit and Dave's band Maurice was definitely an influence on the Danzig sound. Yeah, there. That's right. Um, and there's a there's a link in that thing I just sent you to some demo of theirs. So yeah, I was not totally imagining that. Right, that right. Was, I kind of I had I had the you know the round soft edges uh pretty down pat. Yeah, yeah. There I you for, go. I forgot about that with the slint thing. Um, that's crazy yeah to me i'm so glad you like this record i you know i don't know why i just don't i don't know why it never has grabbed me before maybe just not like environmental situational whatever just didn't wasn't you know yeah just wasn't it yeah i don't know i i just you know it was um once i discover them it was I was all in. And then right around that time is when they put out the box set and all that stuff. And yeah, I just remember like hanging out with John at the spot and we'd take acid and listen to fucking misfits all night. And then (laughs) I remember, I remember we stayed up until the morning tripping on acid and we were like, fuck it. Let's go to a fucking, let's go to a graveyard and take some more acid. (laughs) I think we took, I think we dosed three times in a row. (laughs) Wow. It was like, it was like, 36 hours of tripping or something. It was fucking great. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I was trying to find the, the group that I'm a part of on Facebook. That's a, that makes fun of Danzig. Uh, and I can't find it, but, um, so I did find some interesting groups on Facebook. Uh, there's Danzig meme tyrant. Uh, I have not seen any of their posts. The Danzig school of anger management, which, uh, looks to have, <laughs> looks pretty fun oh my god <laughs> hold on hold hold on let me send you this real quick i'm gonna have to edit this i have i have played festival dates with danzig's band solo band ah fuck like, i don't know 10 oh god damn it you fucking kidding i gotta me. remember that keyboard com- i can't do keyboard commands when i'm um i i played a show maybe 10 years ago with danzig's solo band oh yeah um, and I met a couple of the dudes. They're like long haired rocker dudes, you right, know? Yeah. Um, and 
I thought I thought, oh, maybe I'll meet Glenn, but we didn't. I think Duff talked to him. You yeah. Know. <laughs> so this uh I've sent you I've sent you two uh pictures from the uh Danzig School of Anger Management uh Facebook group if you want to take a look. Oh shit, no, I sent them to my sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie She's poopsie. gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, it'll be funnier when you see the two pictures. <laughs> so, so they're pictures of Danzig Photoshop being very short, and uh, they're uh, like carnival rides. And it says, "You must be taller than such and such to ride," and he's ta- he's shorter than the than the uh, thing to ride. So, <laughs> with that belt buckle, uh, it's just. I mean, uh, sorry, Laura. <laughs> I mean, I guess he, you know, he's a strange character. I mean, he's he's not done much to detract from the caricature component of his right public, you know, image. Yeah, I think he's um, done a lot of stuff to kind of invite ridicule, you know, so. Right. Like, you know, I feel like he takes himself a little too seriously. And so people poke fun at that and he just gets seems like he gets angry about it, you know, instead of be, just being able to let it roll off him. And cause then people wouldn't pick on him. You know what I mean? Like if it didn't bug him, but it seems like it bugs him. So, you know, well, it just emboldens people. Uh, petitioned right. for Glenn Danzig to host SNL is another, uh, <laughs> group, the Danzig all female fan club on Facebook. And my favorite, the same picture of Glenn Danzig every day. So, <laughs> that's a pretty good photo is that really what it is is it every day they post the same picture yep i sent you the picture so uh let's see i haven't i haven't seen it yet uh (laughs) is it a reshare or do they actually upload Uh, it looks like it's uploaded and it looks like oh well hmm, there's not very many people doing it so they haven't More than one person uploads the same photo? Uh, yeah, it looks like two different people. I'll join that group. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How great was I mean, I know I know that this isn't <laughs> this isn't a Danzig episode, but he's a pretty st- strong part about of this band. Yeah. Uh, how great was the Mother Shreds video? Oh, uh I don't know that I've seen that one. What? Yeah fuck you it's the like the van halen rocks or whatever where they do a terrible job playing guitar is that is that what it yeah is? it's yeah yeah so it's it's the video for mother but with <laughs> different music <laughs> and and it's not completely obvious right up at the top right right, like, right oh yeah okay and then all of a sudden and then and then all of a sudden it's it gets really obvious ob- right oh, yeah God, it's fucking incredible you seriously have never seen that i don't i don't think so oh my god hold on i you know can we do a reaction video uh reaction video or uh, audio right now probably uh i want you to watch this and listen to it let me uh why don't you send me the link and that way it'll be on its own track uh let me see here i'm I got it. Because, you know, you don't know. You don't know what one is the funny one or what one is the shitty one. Right, this is right. This is the real one. It sounds too good. Yeah, no, that's the real one. <laughs> Let's see. This has got to be it. Come on. Uh, it's fucking... Inc- oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, you're going to fucking love this. Get ready to fucking shit your dick off. 
Uh, I cannot believe you've never seen this. Oh, crap. I, I sent my sister the same picture of Glenn Danzig every day photo, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, dipshit, over here. Sorry. <laughs> my poor sister. Okay. All right. So this, will, I mean, after this, we, we should judge. We should grade this, but. All right. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to see it along with the video. time i saw that i lived in i lived in portland in that in the house uh that you knew yeah yeah yes, yeah got twenty four thousand views it's doing pretty well good. that's not even the original <laughs> oh, really? i mean the original has probably gotten so many yeah. more oh, that's great uh rolling stone ranked this album number 32 on its list of 40 greatest punk rock albums of all time whatever rolling stone where would you put it, out of curiosity? Oh, I don't know. I, Top 10, for sure. Yeah. I mean... you you Wait a minute. You can't talk all that shit that you talked up at the top of the episode and then hesitate when I ask where you would put it. Because if you felt the way, with any amount of conviction, if you felt the way that you said you did about this band... I would really expect that you would immediately say top five. You said they were the greatest American fucking rock band. Yeah, they are. Okay, then uh, do they have a better record than this? <laughs> so I was trying to think about their whole catalog is epic, you know? Um, and so I was trying to think like, man, I should just... I, I shouldn't put this record in the top five. I should put the box set in this top in the top five. You know what I mean? Like that's a fucking punk ass. How fucking... is that a punk ass thing? It's the box set. It's all of their stuff. Like, Oh fuck. I don't, I think that box sets should be exempt from people's best of lists. <laughs> like it's like, Oh, what's your favorite record of all time? Oh, the, the Beatles fucking complete. So their box set is not like, hey, it's it's not a best of. It's the box set. It's all right. Of it. It's everything. Right. Right. Yeah. So I have the ACDC vinyl box set. Okay. It's fucking all of every record on vinyl. Right. But I I would never if someone was like, "What's your favorite record?" 
Oh, the ACDC box set. That's not a record. That's a box of records. But I want you to hear all of the Misfits songs, but not just this record. I don't care what you want. That's not the question. Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, easily top five. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, you know, the, the you would the, deserve a punch in the dick if you no, were like no, the, uh, the, the, fifteen. The problem with uh, like best records for punk bands is a lot of times they're putting out EPs. You know what I mean? So right. You know, like I mean, I think my favorite punk record is the Minor Threat discography, which is two EPs. Right. Um, yeah. So. I think for punk rock, it might need to be a little different. <laughs> you know what I mean? So agree to disagree. You know, <laughs> you can call an EP your favorite record. Oh, that's, that's true. I guess. I think, I think that's totally legit. So when I'm, I'm thinking about this record, then I think, okay, well, is this my favorite misfits release? You know, I mean, kind of, cause it's got most of the stuff on it, you know, more stuff than, uh, you know, some of their EPs, so, you know, cause I, I, I think of like, you know, a, a top 10 or top five list, like what would I want to be stuck on a desert Island with? Well, I want to be, you know, it's like when I was a kid, I would always buy a Charleston chew because it had the most amount of candy for the money yeah, that right. I liked, you know? And so when thinking about a, a misfits thing, you know, there may be an EP that I enjoy more than this, uh, because I like those three songs better, but there's only three songs, you know what I mean? So, but I also love these songs. So do I stick this on instead of that EP, you know? So, and you know, maybe that's a mistake for me to think of this stuff as like, I'm stuck on a desert Island. I need to hoard the songs, <laughs> you know, bring as many songs as I can. So, uh, yeah. Do you have a backup desert Island on your desert Island? <laughs> Just in, in case, case yeah. your desert island sinks, it's in true. case the volcano goes off, uh, you know the because you thing could is, stash you could stash a whole other desert island uh, <laughs> collection of records there. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been going through my grandma's stuff, and so I'm trying to digitize everything. But my grandmother, unbeknownst to me, I mean, I knew she bought backups of everything you know like she'd buy like a hundred rolls of paper towels and you know 10 pairs of the pants she likes and stuff you know like it's not surprising where i got that from i didn't realize she did that with digital uh, with uh like computer stuff too so i'm finding stuff like she has a lot of zip disks and then all the zip disks have been burned onto dv cds and then those cds there's multiple copies of the exact same CD. And then those CDs have also then been burned onto DVDs. And then there's multiple copies of the DVDs too. So I have like <laughs> hundreds of zip disks I'm going through and literally thousands of CDs and DVDs I'm going through. And it's like, Oh, I've already seen this one. Oh, I've already got this one. Oh, I already got this one. Like it, wow. it's crazy. All the backups that she has, which is, you know, I'm very proud of her, <laughs> of her and my grandfather for doing that. <laughs> but uh, it's a little frustrating when I'm trying to just weed out the stuff, you know, so, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Well, do you want to grade this thing? Sure. You want me to go first? Why not? Uh, I think this is an A plus, man. A I mean, plus. We've been kind of, there's been a lot more A pluses in the last year than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. Well, we've finally been getting some good submissions. <laughs> did Did we hit our first A plus within the last year? Uh, what was our first A plus? Like. Uh, 
I'm I may have appetite. Gave, uh, I may have gave at, uh, rival schools or uh, may have gave rival schools an A plus. Let's see. And also, I, I wasn't. We weren't keeping track of grades at oh. you know, for the first little while. So I'm trying to think. Let me. Uh, so our first first one we did was episode 27, where I n- noted the grades, the grades. But the first A since we started uh, keeping track was uh, No Pocky for Kitty by Super Chunk. We both gave that an A. Uh, first double A plus. Yeah, Guns and Roses Appetite. Uh, hmm. We give a a plus plus to the purple rain but this is this record is an a plus for you even yep. though the recording sucks so yep. bad yep hmm. yeah the songs are so good it surpasses the recording and also uh somewhat the performance on the record it transcends every yes. other negative to you absolutely wow. yep all right five yeah, By, yeah. Like hands down. Well, I can't give this an A plus. Ah, you just need to listen to this some more. <laughs> um, I'm not. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I know why. I just, I just don't feel that strongly about it. The thing that I feel the the strongest about is that I'm just. I, I don't know why I'm so surprised. I guess I have kind of quietly carried this opinion around this unspoken opinion that people who love the misfits were a part were just joining a club because it was for the sake of being a fan of the misfits kind of thing like ah mm-hmm. uh, you're not really a misfits fan right that's kind of what i yeah i didn't really necessarily think that but kind of i did um but you I know, know I, a lot. I of, get it. I mean, they were definitely over marketed in the mid '90s. Well, that's you know, the thing. The it was just thing. like you fucking couldn't avoid it. It was just like everywhere. And yeah. now, now seeing one of those shirts is like seeing um, one of those skateboard magazine shirts. <laughs> right, right, right. Where they're just everywhere. So I never gave it a fair shake, and and now I have, and I'm like, oh. I've way I guess I wasted a lot of time. So yeah, I I give this record an A minus. I just I think awesome. it's fucking great. Yeah, I I'm kind of bummed that I mean I don't know when the band ceased to be active, but I'm bummed that I never saw them. Yeah, I wish that I could have. Yeah, I think it was '83 is when they stopped. Way too early for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have been in third grade. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at stuff that I gave A plus to. So, Velvet Underground with Nico, um, fucking Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, uh, Purple Rain, Paul's Boutique. I totally put this in th- that group yeah. for me, you know? Wow. All right. I mean, goddamn, I wish it was recorded better. And goddamn, I wish the performances on it were better i mean glenn's voice is amazing on this record you know it's like, pretty cool you know and, and like going and seeing him live it, again uh jerry has so much distortion on his bass and you can't like you can <laughs> you can't even make out what fucking song they're playing there's so much distortion and not in a good way you know yeah um and so live they sound fucking awful you know <laughs> you know it's really disappointing uh, I mean, it's a fun show, you know, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little disappointing seeing them live because 
you love the songs and, and every asshole there is singing along with it. And then it's just a bunch of fucking bass distortion. And ugh, it's terrible. That was one thing that definitely stuck out to me. It was just like, what is happening over there on the bass? Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's just, it's a, but he was also singing. Well, backups, right? No. Oh, when you saw him live? When I saw them, yeah, he yeah. was singing and playing bass. Yeah. It's uh, typical Misfits. They couldn't keep any members in the band, so Jerry finally decided to be the lead singer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was great. It was fun, whatever. But I was taken aback. I was like, oh, I mean, dude has been playing for a long time. What's yeah. going on over here? Yeah, um, yeah he's not... Uh, uh, I, I don't know that he can do the two things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, uh, you know, one thing we didn't mention was uh, Jerry, and I don't know, I think Doyle as well, uh, they became like born-again Christians and started a band called Christ the Conqueror, which is a Christian metal band after they left the Misfits. I don't think they played yeah, any right? shows, though. Yeah, they didn't play any shows. Um, and I'm not sure if they put out any releases or not. But And I... <laughs> I thought I remember that the guy that sang for Ingve Malmsteen was their singer. I have to Which look Which one? Up. I don't know. So I think a guy named Scott, maybe? Jeff Scott Soto? I don't know, maybe. Let me look it up. I mean, Jeff Scott Soto sang for Ingve. Chris the Conqueror. Um, yeah, Jeff Scott Soto. Hmm. So I, I'd wow. never heard any of their stuff. but That's fucking bananas. Yeah. Can oh, you I find guess, it? I guess it's pronounced Christ. So it's spelled C-R-Y-S-T, but uh, Wikipedia says pronounced Christ. <laughs> Was a American Christian metal project formed in August of 87 by two former members of the horror punk band, The Misfits. So, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget I, to add that. You know, there's... Oh, God. I... Like, I know musicians who are Christians and... yeah. Um, who are great musicians and their music is great, but Christian music, like when it's like specifically as a genre, yeah, has a thing that I mean isn't good. Yeah, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why, and it's I don't know why. Well, I mean, think about the the subject matter is pretty terrible, right? But even like, but there's a compo- there's an element to the overall vibe that yeah sucks yeah I'm trying to think if there's i th- i thought there was one uh what about striper they had a hit didn't they no they're not good <laughs> it doesn't matter if they had a hit a lot of bands have hits that suck yeah no fuck striper was never exciting it was never dangerous to hell with it, the devil i think it was the name of their record right that was one of them yeah <laughs> it's a pretty good album title it's pretty good i guess yeah, yeah i'll give i you know uh i guess i mean i would much rather i mean i think in league with satan is a way better album title <laughs> you know yeah the most dangerous part of that album title is that they use the word hell right right you know hell awaits is a way better title yeah it's a good <laughs> To get out you know, it's, that's one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I don't know. Well, A plus and A minus, this one's an A average. Yeah, not bad. What do we have next week? Uh, Next week, Captain Jazz, Alpha Beta Anthology, <laughs> Alpha Beta Otheology, something like that. 
Anyways, um, uh, this is a Rudy thing, and it's not a troll. Correct. Yeah, he said he was super into it, and uh, he's he's going to be doing the cover of a cover. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's doing. Uh, apparently, they cover "Take on Me" by Aha, and Rudy's going to do a cover of their cover. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Next week is Same. the nineties. Okay, I'm fucking tired. <clears throat> I have a lot of shit to do tomorrow. I've got some trees to fall. <laughs> yeah, don't be careful with your chainsaw, dude. I'm so excited to fucking fire that fucking thing <laughs> up. Oh my god. Um, I'll call you if call, I'll call you if I need anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Check in. Let me know you uh, didn't get hurt. <laughs> I'll be fine. It's All Easter. Right. Christ. Christ will be on my side. Yeah. Christ will be conquering. All right, buddy. All right. See you, Mike. <laughs> Later. Bye. Hey. What? You're great. Ah, oh, I thought you were going to forget. <laughs> no way. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're great, Mike. All right. Thanks, dude. Next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Go to the